Welcome to another animation one-to-one -one from squiggly.com. I'm Steve Henderson, and we're delighted to be talking to the talent behind Turning Red, the latest Pixar feature film, which streams on Disney Plus from the 11th of March. Now, animation fans will be familiar with the director, Domi Shi, from her Oscar-winning animated short film, Bow, and eagle-eared Squiggly podcast listeners will, of course, remember producer Lindsay Collins from episode 53, our Finding Dory episode. Turning Red is a real return to form for Pixar, and it's packed full of character, personality and fun. With a wild premise, giving puberty a magical twist, the film is packed full of nostalgia, friendship, action and superb animation and art direction, as you would come to expect from Pixar. And don't forget to give this video a quick like if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening to the podcast, be a pal and write us a nice review, why don't you? It all goes to help us with the work we do here on squiggly.com. Now over to the interview with director Domi Shi and Lindsay Collins from Turning Red. I must say from first seeing the trailer, I was really excited to see this film. Now I'm a 37 year old bloke from the North of England. I'm not a 13 year old Chinese Canadian girl obsessed with boy bands living in 2002 Toronto. But I think there's something there about the universal nature of friendship and changing from a kid to an adult nostalgia that this film really captures. Would you be able to explain that? Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's because uh, we really, uh, like, Turning Red is really just about the awkwardness and, and, and messiness of, of growing up, and I think everyone has memories of, of being 13 and waking up one day and not recognizing your body, and there's <laughs> hair where there was never hair before, and <laughs> weird smells and weird feelings inside of you. And yeah, and I, and, and I think that's why, like people on the crew, like a lot of people who also like you were, were never 13 year old Asian girls, but they connected so much with the story and with May because we've, yeah. we've all been there and just seeing this girl like struggling and, and hilariously like trying to, to like survive, yeah. Yeah, to, 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 to hide it, to survive a puberty is just like, it's it's you you can't look away and it's just so like everyone can kind of it was interesting like, I mean I think a lot that. of women were like oh yeah I was totally like that or I was like Priya like I was like Priya or like, I was like Miriam and then a lot of the guys were either like seeing commonalities even with their own experience or just loving the fact that it's the first time they're seeing kind of a 13 year old girl on the screen who is as kind of confident and dorky and silly and um and uh, kind of outrageous mm -hmm. in a way that we've not seen before. I think that we've not really had a lot of movies out there that have that have portrayed a, a 13 year old girl in the way that that May is portrayed. So I think there's a lot of people who were really excited to just to animate her, to get behind her and get, and put her up on the screen and all of those aspects of her and play with those. Mm -hmm. It is great to see. Uh, Domi, you made Bow for Pixar. It's a short film about a clingy parent-child relationship. And now you're making Turning Red, or you've made Turning Red, which deals with similar themes, but uses the scope of a feature to tell a more complex mother-daughter story. Mm -hmm. Does your mother take all this as a compliment? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I, to the point where my dad is very jealous and he's like, when are you going to make a movie about our relationship? And I was like, well, careful what you wish for, dad. I know, careful, careful what you wish for. But mostly, like, I feel like, like with me and my dad, we would argue, 
it, it would blow up, but we'd like make up very quickly. And I feel like my relationship, like with a lot of mothers and daughters, that relationship is more complicated and deeper and emotional and psychological. And that's just <laughs> interesting to put in a movie and to. That said, Domi's mom has not seen the movie. Right, yet. she hasn't seen it. So we'll see. We'll see. Talk to us after the Toronto premiere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope she likes it. <laughs> Yeah. You must be very nervous. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I mean, yeah. Well, it is what love it is. It. Yeah, it, it is what it is. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> the internet always seems obsessed with linking the Pixar features together into one big shared universe, but this feature is clearly one of its own. It takes some visual cues from 2D animation. The color language is absolutely amazing. And there are some really fun uh, flights of fancy with zoom shots that play with mm -hmm. the lighting. Uh, can you tell me more about the visual uh, accomplishments of this film? Yeah, so when we first started making Turning Red, like we really wanted the film to look and feel different, to really stand out. Um, and a lot of that just came from like just our protagonist. Mm -hmm. Like our protagonist is this like spunky, confident, dorky, uh, larger than life, uh, thirteen-year-old girl. And we were thinking like, what? How would she see the world? Uh, and and really trying to stylize the world to like fit her perspective. So we really pushed the colors into like really pastelly, fresh, um, playful palettes, mm -hmm. and we really like try to make the audience feel what May feels in any given moment, like when she's really stressed out or when she's really embarrassed or when she's really angry, just pushing the the lighting and, and even her expressions, just like twisting up her face just to like get that really strong emotional reaction out of her. So the audience immediately like like gets it, like they're like there with her when everyone's watching her. Um, yeah, we even, we even talked to Ludwig Göransson, who's the composer, you know, mm -hmm. and when he was starting to write the music and at the, her intro, when she introduces herself, and it's the first time Pixar, I think, has really, really broken the fourth wall, right? Where the correct, like the direct, sorry, the character looks directly at camera and introduces herself, and I think um, he was really loving that too, and he totally bought into, okay, if she was going to score her own introduction. How would she score it? So you can hear even just like the new Jack Swing beats in there and like yeah. that she has, like there's a whole flute part of it because she plays the flute. And it's almost like if she were the director <laughs> of her own introduction, what would it be? Um, and so that was kind of a philosophy that was in every single department in the mm -hmm. film that we tried to kind of think about every time. Yeah, and then aesthetically, like my influences are like equal, like 50-50 Eastern and Western animation. Like I, I have, uh, I, I am as influenced by Disney and Warner Brothers as I am with like Japanese anime and Hayao Miyazaki. And we were just trying yeah. to figure out how to blend the two kind of East and West, kind of like May herself. She is a blend of mm -hmm. East and West as well. And Pete Docter, you know, is who's the CCO now at, at Pixar. He's also he's he's really prides himself on stylizing and really mm -hmm. leaning into some stylized animation. So he was he was a great kind of partner in and thinking about how to do that too. Lindsay, this film has an all-female leadership team. It's something that all animated features throughout history of, of all budgets have really struggled to provide. Um, will you be able to take this to the bank now and say, look, it works? God, uh, I, hope hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I think so. I think um, it's certainly, I feel like it's already worked to the degree it needs to internally at Pixar. I think, um, 
I think we feel it as a as a studio. Like we were showing the movie to our, our the studio in November for the first time anybody'd seen anything on the screen, and it was the first time we'd been together since the pandemic. And so it was a really celebratory moment to begin with. But when we kind of as a leadership team stood on the stage to introduce the film, like the applause and the the response to I think it was Pete or Jim who introduced us and said. This is Pixar's first all-female. I mean, everybody knew it, and we knew it, mm -hmm. but it's different when you stand up there and you look yeah. around and you feel the love coming from all of the people you work with mm -hmm. every day and the celebration of that fact. It was really emotional, I think, yeah. for all of us to kind of have that moment of, wow, like, it is, it is special that we are all standing up here and it's the first female kind of leadership team um, in history at Pixar. So mm -hmm. I think internally we've won. I think my hope is, is that, yeah, we can take it to the bank and be like, yeah, look, it actually is a thing. We did it. Yeah. Let's do it again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, the world is a completely different place to what it was when the film started. What was the reaction at Pixar when the film was announced that it was going straight to streaming? Yeah, mixed. I think there was mixed feelings for mm -hmm. sure. I mean, you know, to be honest, we made this movie with the full intention of having it released in theaters, having it seen on the big screen, um, and and it looks and sounds amazing on the big screen. But uh, you know, with the realities of COVID and just the fact that like families and kids aren't uh, returning to theaters as 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 quickly as, mm -hmm. as we want them to, like our priorities just shifted to how do we get this film to be seen by as many people as possible? Yeah. Uh, and, and the clear solution is just to premiere it on, on Disney Plus. Yeah. So on the flip side, we were like, thank God Disney Plus exists. Yeah. I mean, because in a world where it didn't, to have it be sitting in this kind of weird um, void between, you know, of, of people not quite being back in theaters. The biggest, the worst thing in the world would be to have made it and nobody's able to see it. So, and, and we had Luca and Soul, obviously, mm -hmm. coming before us, um, which definitely eased any concerns about whether or not people would, would mm -hmm. see it or whether it would get lost. And having seen kind of how well those two have have played to audiences and how kind of, how much love they've gotten, kind of definitely... We're it's it's nice to be the third. Let's mm -hmm. just put it that way, you know, because you have a great kind of track record thus far. So mm -hmm. it's good. Thank you very much for talking to Squiggly today, Domi Shi and Lindsay Collins. I like Squiggly. I like the word. Yeah, it's good. Me too. <laughs> it's fun to say. Squiggly. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Squiggly. <laughs> Thank you very much to director Domi Shi and producer Lindsay Collins for that fantastic behind the scenes look at Pixar's Turning Red, which is streaming on Disney Plus from the 11th of March, 2022. Don't forget to follow Squiggly on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Like and subscribe to this YouTube channel if you're watching uh, for more animation videos. And as ever, for the latest news, reviews, interviews, podcasts, and everything else from the world of animation, head over to squiggly.com.